everyone and welcome back to That UFO Podcast. As always, my name is Andy. This week is the sixth episode already of the show. The last few weeks, the last month and a half have been crazy and the show is going from strength to strength. So again, thanks to everyone for the listens and support. It's been, it's been amazing. Um, really excited for you to hear this week's guest, MJ Benias, someone who has been much requested on Twitter. So again, thanks for sending in your questions and requests. Just before we get to the show, uh, I just want to give you a quick reminder what's coming up in the next few weeks on the podcast. So today is the 10th of June and I'm releasing the show with MJ Benias, which is a really fun listen. I hope you enjoy. This Friday on the 12th of June, I'm going to be speaking to Nick Pope for episode 7 of the show. That'll be released sometime over the weekend, if not Monday. Then on Saturday, I'm speaking to Thomas Winterton. He is the ranch superintendent of Skinwalker Ranch talking about the Skinwalker Ranch documentary, his experience on the show, and also his experience in general with a pretty special place in Skinwalker Ranch. This weekend, I'm really excited for this. I'm looking forward to recording episode two of the Skinwalker Ranch Watch Along with the Signal Dan. The feedback from episode one with Dan has been incredible. We're really, really glad to hear so many people enjoyed it. It was something different, a bit of a watch along. You can watch along with us at the same time or just listen to us talk about the show and share our thoughts and views and digress a little bit as well. That was a lot of fun. As I said, that is going to go this weekend and drop on Saturday. It will be a Patreon exclusive uh, and early access for a couple of weeks. Then later in June, it will drop into the main feeds for everyone. All we ask is if you can spare anything just now, then please consider supporting the show on Patreon. Just search for That UFO Podcast. But really looking forward to recording more specials like that. However, what you're here for today is to hear MJ Benias. I'm going to hand over. Thanks, folks. Enjoy the show. Hi, folks. So coming back from that, uh, we have our next guest on that UFO podcast, guest number five. He is an author, journalist and educator. He's written articles for Vice, 14 Times, Popular Mechanics and many other what would I say? Many other publications. Yeah, and many other publications. Thanks, MJ. It is, of course, MJ Benayas, someone that has been very popular on the UFO Twitter feeds of recent times uh, and someone a lot of you guys have requested I speak to. So, MJ, how are you? Oh, I'm, I'm terrific. How are you? I am very well. Thanks for spending some time to speak to us. Uh, I know you've been a, a busy, busy guy, and I can see from your, your Twitter feed just recently, you've been looking at a Close Encounters of the Third Kind scene that your daughter has created, which is very cool. So again, keeping it in the family. Uh, yeah, I, 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 it's funny. I don't actually. She just naturally does it. And I think she's channeling or downloading information from from the hive mind or something. I don't know. It's it's, <laughs> it's not my influence, but <laughs> it, it's very cool. It's it's good to get them kind of involved, young. That next generation kind of coming through of ufologists and people That's with right. an open mind. I think in the past we would have said conspiracy theorists, but given what we're going to talk about, it's uh, it's always good to keep an open mind with these things and where we're going. So um, MJ, you're someone that I started following. Uh, six seven months ago on twitter um didn't really know much about you beforehand and then i just realized that in this world you're you're really involved there's a lot of people tag you in various different articles asking for your opinion on things and then you kind of see how, how involved you are so what is your background and how did you get involved in the ufo subject yeah, well, my, my my day job, my background, I'm an educator, so uh, I teach English and, and history um, full time. And then um, I, I 
as a, as a result of sort of my academic interests, um, I, I was really into at university. My, sorry, I'll, I'll back up. My background in university was in, in culture studies and critical theory um, and, and in literature. So um, looking at cultures and how they create knowledge and how cultures, um, you know, create ideal, ideological systems and value systems and then kind of, you know, expand outwards from there. Um, so I was really big into studying subcultures. I was really into studying, um, you know, like the Gothic and, and punk rock scene in, in the early two thousands and stuff like that. Um, so I was really into subcultures. I'm still into subcultures and, um, I decided that I needed a project. Um, and with the help of, of some other people who I knew who are kind of involved in this world, the paranormal kind of UFO space, um, they pushed me to look at, you know, you should look at the UFO community and the paranormal kind of communities um, as a subcultural study, right? Don't look at UFOs from the sort of traditional nuts and bolts um, aspect, but look at it more from how the the culture and the community around UFOs has developed and grown. So that's how I got into it. Um, I began doing research. Um, I began interviewing people. I began reading a lot of books, just like kind of everyone falls down the rabbit hole, right? You start to kind of meet uh, the the interesting players and you read them. Um, I became a MUFON field investigator for a couple years. I uh, did some sort of boots on the ground UFO investigation. Um, and, and it just kind of fell into it. Uh, I eventually started writing a blog. Um, the blog kind of spiraled into a book, um, which released was released two years ago or a year ago now, two years ago, I can't remember. Um, it's called The UFO People, A Curious Culture. Um, and yeah, I started writing for Vice, Piper Mechanics. I've written for 14 Times, Fate, lots of stuff. Um, so I've kind of become um, deeply embedded in the UFO community, and it's become definitely a major aspect of, of my writing career, I suppose, um, and that's obviously spiraled into other worlds. Um, I, I do a lot of, of work into looking, looking at sort of UFO cults and UFO religions, uh, as well as sort of conspiracy theories um, and, and conspiracy narratives, I suppose, that often kind of intermingle with the, the UFO narrative. So that's kind of where my area of expertise is right now anyway. Um, long answer to your very short question. No, no, listen, long answers are good. Otherwise, these podcasts can go very, very quickly. So <laughs> it would be a bonus episode. But uh, no, that's amazing. So you've, you've kind of got involved through like an educational background and looking for a project. Did you have any interest before that, you know, growing up as a kid? Or was it something that you came at, you came into later? Yeah, you know, I, when I was a kid, I, I was a nerd. So I was really into science fiction fantasy. You know, I grew up watching, you know, Star Trek and Outer Limits and Twilight Zone and X-Files and, and, and all that stuff. So um, for me, it was always, you know, aliens were always a part of it in, in the sense that I always was afraid of them. Um, I always had this anxiety about these creatures that could come into your home and take you away. Um, and it's natural, I think, for most kids, right? You know, you look at uh, across cultures over millennia, there's always the tale of the monster that will take the child from its bed and make it disappear, right? Um, we, we see this sort of since the beginning. Um, and aliens kind of fit into that narrative, right? They've always had that um, – they've always kind of had that that idea behind them, the abduction and all that. So, And I grew up in the 90s, late – yeah, mid-90s, so – for me, I was right in the thick of sort of the black triangle, alien abduction, kind of all of that. Um, so I, I have always been interested, I suppose, but I've never had an experience. I've never had what I would say um, 
uh, an authentic sort of paranormal experience. You know, I think maybe I heard a ghost once, but I'm not sure. And I'm not willing to chalk it up to a ghost, <laughs> right? I'm just kind of, maybe it was a, so it didn't affect my life in any way. Um, so I, I, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm more academically interested and I think I'm, 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 I'm interested on a human level more so than maybe the paranormal level. Okay. So would you put yourself somewhere from a, a, a true believer in the subject uh, on one end and then on the other end you've got god i mentioned him recently as well you know like a mick west who is really keen on sure. debunking everything would you put yourself hap- comfortably in the middle of that where you've got an objective look at the subject yeah i'd like to say i'd like to say i'm somewhere in the middle i'm a bit of a centrist um you know i've spoken to a lot of people um from all walks of life from um you know normal everyday people like myself you know farmers and i'm oh, not a farmer um farmers <laughs> fall on that list somewhere to um you know billionaire executives to people within the intelligence community to academics to a guy who works at mcdonald's um and and they all have told me sort of really compelling stories and they have no reason to make them up. They have no reason to lie. They have no reason to hoax. There's nothing really in their backgrounds that would show that they're sort of, they're akin to delusion. So, so on the one side, I sort of believe them, right? I believe their experience and, and what they're telling me, I believe sort of happened to them, at least in some way. I'm not going to go down the road that it's aliens or I'm not going to go down the road that it's interdimensional beings or time traveling humans or, or whatever. I'm, I'm, I, I can't because that's all speculative at this point. Um, but I believe that whatever they encountered was real enough to them that it sort of changed their life. On the other hand, you know, I don't want to be so open minded that my brain falls out. Um, I think we do need a healthy dose of skepticism and criticism within this world because there are a lot of people who are, um, you know, potentially delusional or they're here as to, to con us or they're, they're, they're charlatans. Um, there's also just a lot of naivete. Um, so you know, you need to, you need to kind of walk, I think a fine line. Um, you know, I really respect the hardcore debunkers and skeptics. Um, and I really respect the hardcore believers, um, and zealots as well. It's just, you you have to kind of, I think, walk a middle path a little bit with, with the UFO narrative for sure. Yeah. And, and personally, I think there's enough interesting material out there without having to make up you know, either way that, and again, it was something you said that was quite interesting in one of your, I think it was actually in your um, All the Strange Virtual Expo chat, it was media and culture generate the UFO reality, which is what you're saying there, that through generations and going back through the years, it, it's similar to religion, the bear, when, when you talk about having a god, that all religions have a variation of the same thing, and then you go back even further and further and further, and you have this one sun god that started it all off, and Again, I suppose in the way you kind of seem to talk about it is that, yes, yeah, you've got, depending on technologies at the time, you've got your flying saucers, which are basically, you know, a spinning plate in the air. And even some of the photos of these things that are claimed to be legitimate, they look like kids' play toys, like spinning dreidels from the, the 40s and 50s. And as we get further and further and more advanced, they've got all these techno LED lights on them and, you know, things are flashing in and out. So it's changed with our times and as you say, you've, you've got to kind of sit in the middle there, don't you? Otherwise, you're, you're really planting your foot on either side of the fence. Yeah, I, I think UFOs, and I think, you know, a lot of times paranormal phenomena in general, but, but you know, I'll stick to UFOs. Um, they tend to follow our culture, right? They, they tend to manifest 
in ways that mimic or mirror um, our current technological, sociological, cultural ideologies and frameworks. Um, you know, I mentioned in all the, the All the Strange video, you know, in the 21st century, you know, in 2020, it's laughable to argue, for example, that um, flying saucers come from Venus and there's a whole collective of space brothers who live on Venus and they have some sort of intergalactic federation and they, you know, are monitoring humanity and they haven't made contact yet because what, I mean, they literally just like, you know, stealing the, the entire script of Star Trek. Um, you know, it's laughable because we know enough about Venus to, to pretty much confirm. Yeah, listen, there's most likely no giant alien civilization on Venus. Um, we would find this sort of laughable. But in the 1950s, when we knew very little about the planet Venus, it sort of made sense, right? It was, you know, we believed to be relatively habitable. Something could set up there if it needed to. You know, people were claiming that men from Venus were visiting them and they, you know, looked strangely human and white. Um, so, you know, there there was this, again, it's kind of this mimicry of culture um, and, and what was was feasible then. Um, today, when you when you engage with people who are, I would say, are believers within uh, within the UFO community, you know, a lot of their work stems and circles around ideas within quantum mechanics and quantum physics. Um, they deal with a lot of stuff in, in regards to artificial intelligence. Um, consciousness seems to be sort of also rooted in this. The idea of, of sort of an information download from from consciousness itself. Um, so so again, you have the narratives of of ufology spinning around. Around um, the 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 real the the um, emerging science of today, we know very little about quantum mechanics. We know very little about quantum theory. Um, in fact, most quantum theorists sort of say, if you think you understand it, you don't. You clearly don't. Like you you you're actually far behind. Um, it's very spooky and mysterious, but it's a perfect kind of place for the mystery of UFOs to dwell, right? Um, so so we see this kind of manipulation of the UFO. Um, by our cultural and, 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 and ideological structures, by our media, by where we sort of dwell scientifically and technologically. So, um, I, I, you know, it's, it's interesting because I think what, what, what occurs then is people kind of go down the road of, well, then you don't think UFOs are real, right? If you think UFOs just stem out of culture, you must be saying they're not real. And it's like, I'm not saying they're not real. I just think that somehow UFOs come from that place. Like they're, they're somehow manifesting out of that void in our understanding um always just a little out of reach i think that that's sort of part of the equation here um at least that's my current opinion but you know that's that's kind of the best i got at this point and i like that though current opinion shows you're at least open to that being fluid and changing as you kind of get more and that that's the way i kind of approach this as well and you are right and again when you see some of the descriptions of visitations encounters abductions from the 50s 60s 70s and you hear about these little men came out with a really um cheap old sounding spacesuit that you would have dressed your kids up in halloween and they had a little glass helmet because they couldn't breathe our atmosphere and it's like yeah and then it will evolve now to what's a kind of again still quite humanoid looking tall and we've got the gray aliens we've got the tall aliens and then we've got the nordics description of um you know the ones that are walking amongst us and again a bob bigelow a guy who i won't mind discussing later on has said himself yep these aliens walk amongst us they visit us they're here and doesn't care what people think about that but there's still no evidence to back up that claim as credible as someone like that might be and what has he got to lose making that claim there's still a lack of evidence and and the whole topic either way you can't say there's nothing because there's definitely something to it 
but on the on the extreme people who are claiming that and something is it's, it's a very small personal pet hate of mine and any listeners who have this i apologize right but when people post for fact on twitter oh yeah that craft is this particular government secret project sure it's like, how, how do you know that or this particular craft is one that i viewed and again these aliens come from this star system and this and it's <laughs> like again maybe they do right but how do you know that and it's that that loses that objectivity and the kind of shape of the argument there and i think that's a lot of what you're kind of saying amongst your your writing is that right yeah I, I just want to kind of point out two two things first of all twitter should never be a location that you should go to for like information right <laughs> um i i mean listen twitter's great and then i love i love um i love being on twitter and i love the social aspects of twitter um but listen you know you can't fact check what a lot of people say on twitter so i would just sort of say listen take it with a grain of salt take it as entertainment right claims made on twitter should are, are should come with that little star at the bottom of a, of a of a website that says you know this is for entertainment purposes only right you should always kind of when reading twitter that should be part of it um until you can like backlink to a legitimate source of information um so that that's one um the second thing is is you know, credibility is a funny thing. Um, I think be, just because somebody has, you know, a lot of money or they run a very successful business empire or they have a PhD um, or or they work for the government or whatever, you know, that doesn't mean um, that they can't suffer from, you know, delusion or other sort of aspects of being human, right? Um Billionaires can make mistakes, um, suffer from from mental illness or delusion. Um, I'm not saying Mr. Bigelow does or anything. I'm just sort of in general, right? Um, Mr. Bigelow, as well as others, are mortal, just like the rest of us. Um, we all can suffer from moments of delusion. We all can f- have moments of of um, confused thinking. Um, we all make mistakes. Um, so I just want to be really cautious. I think we give a lot of credit to, you know, this idea of, of a person being credible. And I think that can that can serve you to a point. Sorry, there's a cat here. Um, get out of here. Uh, that can serve you I've, to I've, a point. I've, he- I've heard about the cat. Uh, it's just, it's, I can't, it's unbelievable how big it is. Um, and here's the runt of the litter. Credibility is a dangerous thing. That's all I'm trying to say. And um, we just need to be cautious, I think, when we bow down before the altar of, of certain men and women um, and say, well, you know, this person's clearly credible because they have a PhD or they run a multi-billion dollar empire or whatever. It's like, yeah, listen, they're human just like you and I are. Um, and they will suffer from the exact same problems you and I can suffer from. Um, uh, you know, as Shakespeare kind of famously put, I think in Hamlet, right? Kings and, and peasants get eaten by maggots just the same. So, you know, we need to kind of that's paraphrasing Shakespeare. Um, but, you know, we just need to be cautious, I think. Um, so, again, I, 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 I'm leery when somebody says, well, you should listen to this person because they have incredible credibility. I'm like, okay, but they're making claims that aren't very credible. So we need to figure out why that is, right? So when Mr. Bigelow claims, for example, that aliens walk among us, where is he getting that information from, right? What's the credible source of that data? Um, and And what's the credible source behind that data, right? So who told the guy who told the guy who told the guy? Um, and, yeah. and where does this all stem from, right? Um, and unfortunately, that's kind of where all the secrets are, right? And nobody wants to share, unfortunately. And, and, and therein lies 
the problem. So for you, that that's an interesting that's an interesting point of view, and I, I totally appreciate that. So regarding credibility for you, what what makes someone credible, particularly in this field where everything is incredible? What, yeah, what for well, you makes someone credible? Sure. Um, you know, again, as 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 a journalist, right? Um, credibility becomes really sticky um, because you either believe them or you don't. A lot of the times, right? Most credible people in in the journalism world will present evidence to back up their claim, right? So if someone is truly credible, they will provide information that proves what they're saying is true. So, you know, we take Edward Snowden, for example. If Edward Snowden walked out in the public and said, the government is spying on you, but I have no proof to back it up, apart from the fact that I used to work at um, – I used to work for uh, the Pentagon. I used to work for the CIA. Uh, you know, I'm a contractor. If he just came out and said it, his story would have gone nowhere, right? It would never have been picked up by anybody. Nobody would know who Edward Snowden is. No one would care. The fact that he walked out of, um, you know, out of his place of work with a USB stick with that evidence on it saying, yep, here's the program they're using and here's all the data. Well, now suddenly Edward Snowden is a credible witness and a credible contact and a credible source for one of the biggest stories of, of the 21st century. Um, so I think that's that's sort of part of the game, right? Um, there's a lot of people within the UFO world who say, I'm a credible source. I know the CIA is doing this, or I used to work for the NSA, or I used to be XYZ, but they don't provide any evidence to support their claim. This is why nobody listens to them, because they have no evidence. Credibility is not enough, right? You need to provide the data that backs up the claim itself. So when you ask me who is credible and who isn't, um, do they have evidence to support their claim of, of what they're saying is true? That's a sign of credibility. Um, you know, after that, who they used to work for, where they used to work, who they currently work for, uh, it's not really enough, especially if they're making, at times, you know, somewhat outlandish claims that have yet to be proven in any sort of legitimate or authentic sense. So um, this is why I have to be sort of cautious because I know the UFO community hangs a lot of its hats on the credibility of witnesses, right? This witness is credible. Therefore, this should be considered evidence on its own. Unfortunately, it's not, right? That's not how it works in real life, right? Um, you know, I don't want to walk into a hospital and the doctors say to me, oh, yeah, yeah, listen, I'm a doctor. And if I want to ask for where they, like, okay, well, show me your, you know, your MD certificate so I know you actually are a doctor. And they say, hey, you know, uh, I, I can't find it. I, uh, it's somewhere, uh, you know what, I'm a doctor, I promise. I, I'm going to probably find another doctor. Um, we ought to do kind of the same thing, I think, in the UFO world, right? Just because somebody has a story doesn't mean it's necessarily true. Just because somebody has a story doesn't mean they have evidence to back it up. I think we need to be really cautious with how and how we deal with um, the stories people tell and whether they're true stories or not. So when you uh, one name that springs to mind just with the description you've given there would be someone like a Bob Lazar who... I find Bob Lazar's documentary really interesting, um, right. if albeit a bit overly artistic at times. Um, but the story itself, there's some elements to it I look at and go, ah, yeah, but why doesn't that add up? Or surely that would be easily proven, and it, it's just not there. But then there's a lot to it that seems relatively, uh, again, I'm going to use that word credible, or you know, potentially true. Is that someone you've kind of got in mind that you think people are hanging their hats on in that sense? 
Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure who actually hangs their hat on Bob Lazar's story. Um, you know, at the risk of sound, <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy Carbell probably did. Yeah, you know, and again, I, I don't want to. I have thrown enough shade. Um, I'm done fighting this war. Um, no, um, listen, I don't think Bob Lazar is a credible individual. I don't think his story is true. Um, I think, I think it's completely fabricated. Um, so, so, you know, that, that's, that's my personal position at this time. If Bob Lazar suddenly presents evidence of his claims, um, you know, well then, I will obviously apologize and change my story, right? If he comes out and says, well, actually, here's the bottle of element 115 I stole. And, you know, it goes through proper scientific assessment and testing and turns out, yeah, it's not manufactured here and it's made by aliens and whatever. Um, obviously, you know, we can then say he's a credible individual. But Bob Lazar's last 30 years or so of existence have really dwelled purely in the mythological realm. Um, I did it. You don't have to believe me if you don't want to. Uh, but you're always going to find people who, who do believe, right? You, again, there's a lot of naivete out there. Um, Bob Lazar's story has, has kind of been thoroughly debunked by a lot of people. No one can find records of his, of his academic education. No one can find anybody who really worked with him, um, save, you know, one or two individuals who, again, maybe kind of remembered him a little bit. Um, there's been sort of relative silence um, from, you know, his family and ex-wife in regards to this situation. They're not really coming out to back up his story, except his mom. Um, you know, so I'm kind of... I'm really, yeah, I'm really hesitant because I, I, I'm not sure if Bob Lazar is really worth a discussion um, because it's, it, it, there's no aspect of credibility there really that, that I would say even, even makes him remotely credible. I mean, he, as far as I know, he doesn't really have a, any academic training really um, in, in his field um, because we can't really show that he went to MIT or wherever he claims to have gone. Um so, and again, if he was a real whistleblower, he would come out with it, right? He would, you know, here's my, here's my diploma or here's my degree from MIT. Here's all of my information. Um, and there's also a lot of weird stuff in his financial dealings and, and his other employment that he's had in regards to running a brothel, um, you know, and, 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 and um, he has a history of, of sort of illicit behavior. Um, you know, he, for example, set up cameras in said brothel, recorded individuals using the brothel and then was going to blackmail them um, with the video footage. I mean, this shows someone who, who kind of has a predisposition to to unethical behavior. Let's put it that way. Um, so I'm not sure if he, we would even say he's credible at all um, because he has literally some sort of criminal record. Um, so, yeah, anyway, that's my that's my two cents on Bob Lazar. But no, I'm going to no, get a lot of hate mail. No, and do you know what? But you, you, again, in this subject, if you've if you've not got the the right opinion, uh, as as many other people, then you do get that kind of attack as well. So, um, it's a really interesting again take on that, and I do appreciate that. So you've you've got a case here that's pretty well documented. Again, it's got its flaws, and you've kind of broken it down really objectively there. So for you, what would be on the other side? Is there a particular case or incident or situation that you could look at and go? If you had to do a presentation and show back to someone that this is where I think there is something to UAP UFOs that you would you would say this is the best we've got. We don't have the smoking gun. We know that in the in the field there is no concrete evidence. But what would you say is the best that we've got? 
Um, well, you know, I, I, I think rightly so, you know, the Nimitz case is fairly compelling. Um, I think anything coming out of the military, right, is going to be a fairly compelling piece of, of evidence because, you know, with the Nimitz case, you you have the video footage, but you also have testimony from pilots who were there. Um, so you also have a lot of individuals who who used to work in the intelligence world coming forward and saying, yeah, this stuff's authentic. Um, and, and, you know, being able to prove they worked there, right? Um you know, you know, so take someone like Chris Mellon or Luis Elizondo. Um, they're not saying, oh, you know, oh, my my files and records are missing or they were burnt in a fire or something. Right. Like they can literally provide all of the information to kind of say, yeah, listen, this is what I did for a living. Um, I know there's been some some concerns over, you know, Mr. Elizondo's um you know, background. But, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, those concerns are, are, are moot. You know, there's been enough present and evidence presented now, at least to me, that proves Mr. Elizondo did work on the program he says to have worked on. So I have no doubts in my mind that, um, you know, an, an individual like Louis Elizondo or an individual like Chris Mellon, um, you know, did do what they say they did. Um, so, so I think that there's something to be said for that. That doesn't necessarily prove, and I think we need to be really, again, careful here, it doesn't necessarily prove that aliens are visiting us, it doesn't necessarily prove that there is some intelligence that's not us coming to Earth, engaging with us in some in some special way. Um, it proves that, if anything, um, the the military and, and the government and the authority designed uh, to keep us safe and, and monitor the skies, monitor the sea, um, is not able to necessarily track everything that's happening and is unable at times to deal with incursions um, violating airspace. So, so again, I, I want to be really cautious here. What we have evidence of in the case of the Nimitz and in the other two videos from the, the Roosevelt, the, the Gimbal and the GoFast, um, is not evidence of aliens. And it's not evidence of, of interdimensional beings or anything paranormal. It's evidence of an incursion being made where the authorities whose job it is is to prevent incursions couldn't. Um, so the big question becomes, you know, what was it then, right? This is where speculation runs amok. And this is where UFO Twitter goes crazy, right? Well, it did this, 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 therefore it must be X. And it's like, well, that's, that's not how evidence works, but you know, we can, we can, um, you know, we can engage with speculation later. I think at first we need to figure out more about kind of the human side of this. You know, who's running the program? You know, who's still running it today? Where is it acting out of? How can we get more information about it? How can we get more evidence out? Um, so this is sort of the job of of, of myself, um, other journalists like Tim McMillan, who who potentially can can engage some of these higher levels to kind of kind of sussing out information. The problem is it's slow going. Um, it's not like you email the Pentagon and suddenly they're like, oh, you got us red handed. Here's all of our stuff. Right. It doesn't really work like that. There's a lot of we'll contact this person or don't talk to this person or we'll keep you post like it's the, the Yankee around a bit. So you have to work your way through other channels and um, Nimitz that to answer your question. The Nimitz case and, and, and a tip is, is an interesting situation. No, awesome. So it sounds to me like from your description there, Alou Elizondo is someone that you can look at and explore further because, like you say, he has never once, and this is what I love about TTSA, and I, I love Tom DeLong, but I'm going to move him from this conversation for a second, where a Chris Mellon, uh, a Hal Putov, uh, a Lou Elizondo has never gone on, gone on Glenn Beck or Fox or CNN or whatever network and said it's aliens. They always make a point of going for the 
national security aspect of these things are coming into our skies, whether they are ours, whether they are Russian, Chinese or whoever, and they are performing manoeuvres we find quite incredible generational leaps ahead, beyond leaps, beyond leaps, beyond leaps, and we don't know what they are. So that's where someone like you can get on board with that conversation because you can you can take that at face value and say, yep, this guy is who he says he is and you like the way he thinks. Sure. I, I think what I think I, I need to kind of I mean, we need to sort of pull back here. I mean, you know, yes. Um, do we, we we need to be cautious, though, because even though Lou Elizondo, Chris Mellon and the rest of the contractors and crew at TT's, TTSA do say you know, are, are who they say they are, right? That, that, that's been thoroughly documented. We don't, we're not questioning their, their, their background. Um, just because that's the case though, you know, they are still susceptible to the same issues the rest of us are, right? They're still susceptible to very human problems that can potentially manifest in ways that would, you know, perhaps seem like, let's say an encounter with, um, you know, an alien entity or, or whatever. So what I'm trying to get at is they can still be believers, right? They can still have a vested interest in finding validation for their personal beliefs in regards to interdimensional beings or ultra terrestrials or extraterrestrials or whatever. So, um, you know, I, 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 I love Lou. He and I speak fairly frequently. Um, you know, I, I would consider him a friend because, you know, we often talk about our kids. Um, we talk actually very little about UFOs most of the time. Um, so I love the guy, but you know, is it possible that, you know, he's a believer in aliens or something? Of course it is. It's everyone can be a possible believer. I, you know, personally, you know, I'm, I'm Catholic. So I believe that a dead Jewish guy came back to life three days after they nailed him to a piece of wood. So, you know, we all have sort of paranormal beliefs or we're all susceptible to that. Does that then make me more friendly, let's say to a Catholic worldview? Sure. Of course it does because it's part of my worldview. Um, you know, Elizondo or Mellon or Putoff or Jim Semivan or Steve Justice or whatever, they might have beliefs that lead them to certain um, predisposed um, ideologies. That being said, in their defense, in the defense of Mellon and Lou and the rest of the guys and, and gals, you know, they are very careful in the way they word things. And I'll agree with you there. They don't walk around saying it's aliens and we're going to be invaded like they don't do that, which is I respect that. Right. They they maintain that healthy dose of skepticism and criti critical thinking that they say, listen, it could be aliens, but it could be a lot of other things, too. And we just need to be cautious before we start spec speculating and going crazy um, and, and creating our sort of own sort of mythological constructs within ufology and, and UFO and UAP discourse. Um, so there's a lot of caveats there. And I think all I'm really trying to point out is that people, regardless of their position, who they are, where they're from, what the paperwork behind them says um, are very complicated, right? Humans are complicated creatures and we have a lot of beliefs and values and ideas that lead us down different paths. There's no such thing as total objectivity. Um, we try to be objective, but we just can't be. It's impossible. So I want to kind of caveat that when I look at people, I don't see sort of this black or white, they, they're here or they're here. Um, people are really strange, um, and have a whole array of experiences and ideas. Um, and it, I think, predisposes us to believe certain things or not believe certain things or be critical or, or, or more active in, in our imagination towards, you know, different constructs and, and realities we build for ourselves. Okay, I think I'm done now. <laughs> Again, it's a great answer. Okay. Uh, I'm 
I'm trying to think how I ask someone that I'm getting to grips with your views and the way you're thinking, which I totally appreciate how to ask this question that you give me an answer. Um, an incident then, you've said Nimitz, uh, Nimitz and Princeton incident. What would you like that to be? So they're, they're at the end of the day, whether it's, oh, look, it was US government technology, we've realised how oh, we can defy the laws of physics, or, or it's it's Russian, or what What would you like it to be, if I can word it that way? What do I, what, are you asking me what I think it is or what I want it to be? Well, if you're going to, t- if you would tell me what you think it is, I, w- I would absolutely take that as an answer. Um, yeah, listen, I, I don't know. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, well, I mean, obviously, I, I don't, I, I, I can't tell you what it is because I don't know. Um, I don't think anybody knows. Um, I think, you know, we might have. Yeah, listen, the data is still out. Um, You know, if I had to go straight by pure just Occam's razor here, right, just let's let's throw out what people saw. Let's throw out people's claims. Let's throw out witness testimony. Let's throw out all that. Right. You know, we're probably dealing with some prosaic drone or, or, or some sort of test aircraft or whatever. But once you start adding in the layers of other ideas that are present or the other piece of evidence that are present, right? So, so the video alone is not enough. You know, we have witness testimony. We have um, testimony from radar operators who are on the Nimitz or on the Princeton, rather. We have all of this other content. And it's irresponsible to ignore it. Just because you can't prove someone's story – if there's sort of a whole swack of evidence around it that kind of makes that testimony compelling, you can't ignore it because it's definitely part of the equation. You know, all of a sudden we're dealing with a drone that is doing things that, you know, are not possible. And and we're dealing with, with test aircraft that are violating the basic laws of physics, or we're dealing with, um, you know, vehicles that can spoof radar, the most advanced radar on the planet so effectively that, um, it, 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 it's making it seem like there's multiple radar tracks, even though these things are designed to, to not get spoofed. Um, you know, suddenly it becomes a lot less possible that it is a drone or it becomes a lot less possible that it's a test aircraft from a foreign power. Um, so am I saying that it's, uh, sorry, is it possible that it's otherworldly? Of course it's possible. Um, is it, is it otherworldly? I don't know. Um, I, I don't think there's enough information to make that, that guess, you know, I've heard rumors. There's other videos of, 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 um, of other air or other vehicles. I've heard rumors that the, the, you know, Pentagon has, oh my gosh, has other sort of tidbits of, of data, and they're not sharing and, and maybe rightly so for national security reasons. I don't know. But, you know, based upon those rumors, I can't do much with it. But again, if those rumors turn out to be true, then then the things I've heard are, are truly spellbinding and mystical. And I'm 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 kind of at this point in my life now where I've I've done this long enough to realize that either either whatever whatever was behind the Nimitz and, and the Roosevelt incidents uh, is either real, which scares the hell out of me, because clearly the people who are supposed to be protecting me can't or the people in charge of intelligence gathering and intelligence and counterintelligence in the United States of America 
are are completely delusional um, and they're making stuff up. And that scares the hell out of me, too, because the people in resp- responsible for the, the nation's um, like most important and, and dangerous special access programs, weapons, the nuclear bombs themselves, right, um, are, are believing in aliens and demons and, and the second coming of Christ and, and um, in a very kind of literal, real way that there's like a war going to be waged. Like, I, it, it scares the hell out of me as well, right? And, and these are like two evils I don't necessarily want to deal with. Um, yeah. so, so I'm – I don't know, right? And, and to answer your question, I, 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 I do not know what, what is responsible behind it. Um, I really hope it's a mistake sometimes. Um, and it's like a drone or something because then it's not so scary. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really odd. Um, the more you talk to people who, who might know some things you, you realize like nobody has a grip on anything. Um, and, and that is more frightening than having a grip on it, which I think is, is, is maybe from a cultural level, why the UFO community is really, really invested in speculation. Um, it's a lot easier to deal with something when you understand what it is. Um, so if I can say it's aliens or I can, or I can say it's interdimensional beings or ultra terrestrials or whatever, if I can give it a name, suddenly I have power over it. Right. That's kind of what, what they say about demons, right. In, in the, in the, in the Bible, right. In, in the uh, Judeo Christian tradition, if you can name the demon, um, and you know, its name, you have power over it. I think that, that we sort of see this within ufology, right. If we can establish, a speculative place of where something's from, right? If I can identify it as alien, suddenly, you know, I can control it in some way. There will be a point maybe one day where humanity will be able to kill it if we have to. Um, so, but when you're facing with a, a truly unknown, right? You have no idea what it is. Um, you, you are powerless against it. Um, and you start to really question your place in the universe. Um, and, and, um, can you, is the world around you, the reality that, that is the world around you stable enough to call it reality or, or is it sort of this wibbly wobbly round thing with bits floating in the middle and, and, and reality is all wonky. Um, this is unnerving for people. Um, and this is unfortunately the world you get dragged into when you kind of wa- walk into the UFO deep narrative spaces of your brain. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, no. I, listen. Six six months ago, I would have been very hesitant to say that. You know, next month there's going to be a fake alien invasion. But what what I've seen in the last six months, uh, I didn't think I would see in a lifetime. To be fair, worldwide. Um. So I would not leave anything off the table at the minute. It's, uh, thank God we've got um stable world leaders in place that wouldn't do anything silly like that. Um. So. <laughs> Uh, joke (laughs) yeah that isn't it just um circling back because you did mention again about the ufo community and i do want to kind of touch on your book so the book you you mentioned before was the ufo people a curious culture do you consider yourself one of the ufo people now um i've become i think uh, an honorary member of it yeah let's put it that way um i I consider myself a member of the ufo community and, and a ufo person i think yes i do because in writing about it, um, I've come to love it, um, and and for all of its beauty and for all of its faults, um, you know, it, no no group is perfect. Um, you know, no group is 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 going to be awesome all the time. So, I think there's aspects of the UFO community that I really appreciate. Um, you know, most namely that. Uh, my interest in UFOs has led me to meet a lot of interesting people, um, people who 
in any other, you know, area of, of, let's say study, I never would meet, um, you know, I've, I've met the world's leading experts in a lot of different fields. I've got to, you know, ride in a helicopter with a, you know, multimillionaire. Um, I, I've, I've, I've gone places and been with people who are, are unique and fascinating. Um, and their level of, of engagement with UFOs varies, but they're all kind of drawn to the mystery that is the paranormal or the UFO, right? Um, it, it has it has become sort of a, their search for themselves in a sense, right? You know, you, the search for God is kind of the quintessential way of looking at it. Um, but they're really just trying to figure out their place in all of this. Um, and the nice thing about UFOs is it provides a great bridge for that, right? It provides a great way for me to be able to engage with some of these individuals through a mutual interest and then, you know, make, be friends with them and, and engage them and, and, you know, hang out with them and, and, you know, go for dinner with them or drink beer with them. So I would say that that's the part I love. Right. Meeting a lot of interesting, unique people who have very interesting ways of looking at the world around them. You know, the other side is is dealing with the more dangerous aspects. Right. Um, the, 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 the stuff that stems out of the insanity of it all. Um, you know, I had the luxury for the last eight months to literally follow a UFO cult around. Um, I shouldn't call it a cult. Um, I redact that statement. A UFO spiritual belief system. I don't know. My lawyers will figure it out. Um, but the, you know, so again, and, and, and it leads you down some dark places, right? Um, it leads you down a path of, of, of individuals using UFOs, uh, and the paranormal to, um, cause harm, right? They sell snake oil. They, they sell conspiracy. They, they sell active disinformation for the purposes of, like weakening established systems, whether it's in, in academia or democracy, uh, in order to profit from it, um, whether they do it because they believe it or whether they do it because they are um, charlatans and, and con men, um, you know, that's yet to be seen. But the other side of all this is is the fact that it's it's also dominated by a cast of actors who are engaged in like nefarity. Um, and unfortunately some people within the UFO community are so zealous, um, in their belief that they're willing to buy it. Um, because perhaps their search for vindication and for God, um, is much more desperate, um, than, than some of the rest of us. So I think that, that that's what, what the book generally deals with, right? It deals with this wide array of people who, who, who chase this phenomenon in, in a lot of different ways. Um, and the subculture is filled with people who are amazing, wonderful, interesting, unique, um, and they have a lot to add to society and the world around them. And it's also filled with individuals who I consider to be extremely dangerous, um, who care little for, for the words that they say and the words they choose to use and the messages they create and, and the real effects it has on people's lives. Um, to the point where people have, have committed suicide or, or killed one another, um, as a result. Um, so, so there's, you know, there's, it's, it's a fickle mistress, 
um, being a member of the UFO community. Um, and, and you're not really sure always who's playing for whose team. And, and, and it takes a lot of time to suss out where a person stands, um, in regards to, to that, I guess. Uh, Yeah, very, very good point. Someone like myself, I, I want to know what it is and whatever that may be. I naturally have a curiosity for anything of, okay, now what next? If it is mm-hmm. aliens from another planet that have managed to come here and visit, then great. You know, what's it like? Why did you do that? You know, what else do you know that we don't? If it's different realities, interdimensional, ultra-terrestrial, then again, equally fascinating. Okay, where do we go from here? How does that affect us? I think there are, again, a group of people that you have mentioned to make a lot of money um, selling apps, selling books, selling their side of the story, that their worst fear would be we do find out what this is because then we have an answer, uh, or at least, uh, do you know what, what you're peddling isn't correct, it isn't true, it never has been true, and they get found out, and yeah, that those people can be pretty serious, and it's a shame that some of these people get their own documentaries, get their own TV shows, and get to have the platforms they do, because you can absolutely aim at a section of the, the UFO community that, if you want to class it as vulnerable, is definitely there. And they, they definitely prey on that, which is unfortunate, but it's going to happen in any section of society, I think, is, is something that you're far more in a, in a better place to talk about than I am anyway, given the, the subject that you've written on. Um, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think vulnerable is a great word. I think I think we all enter into stages of vulnerability um, at times in our lives. Right. Everyone has experienced being so beat down that that they're almost broken um, and it really depends on who's around you to help you put those pieces back together if you have a stable support system a loving family whatever to help you rebuild after being knocked down typically you know you have a healthy process to to rebuild life um, if that isn't in place or or there's issues with that um, or there, there's obviously mental health concerns or whatever um, suddenly what starts to fill that gap are, are individuals who are willing to, to tell you that you are special and you are unique and you are one of the chosen and you can be saved. Um, and if you simply do this, if you simply click subscribe, if you simply buy this book, if you simply sign up to my class, if you simply join me on this convention floor or you come to my meeting, suddenly, you know, you're finding your vindication, um, and you're rebuilding in in someone who does not necessarily have your best interest in heart, but rather someone who has your money, um, you know, and wants your money, or 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 you know, even worse, they they're 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 delusional. They want your soul in a sense, right? They want to to own um, you and, and have power over you. And and this is how really religions and cults kind of begin, right? This 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 desire for control. Um, Part of it's financial. Part of it is simply just the lust for power and 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 wanting that. So so I I you know I caution people all the time that if somebody tells you that they know or they claim to know what the source is of paranormal or supernatural or ufological phenomena, um, they they want something from you, right? Um. It, 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 we need to be cautious. Um, 
So I think in the book, I say, you know, if somebody tells you they know what UFOs are, they're they're either delusional or trying to sell you something. Um, and I think that's a true statement. I think the vast majority of voices in the UFO community that are authentic and legitimate often will say, I have no idea what's going on, right? Like, I don't know. All I can tell you is the history or I can provide you some cultural background or some or some some scientific background into what's going on here. But that's it. I'm not going to tell you it's aliens. Or I'm not going to tell you it's ultraterrestrials or whatever, because we just don't know. I think those are kind of the more authentic, legitimate voices we need to listen to. Once people start making claims like, oh, for sure, 100 percent, it's alien or for sure, 100 percent, it's interdimensional or for for sure, 100 percent, it's demonic or for sure, 100 percent, it's I don't know, ghosts of dead indigenous people or something suddenly we need to be super cautious we kind of need to pull back a little bit right we need to kind of say okay well hold on like why are you saying that um and 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 like where are you getting this from um because suddenly you know we need to be aware that that they might be leading us down a path um that serves them and not necessarily um truth or fact or or knowledge um, so yeah, I, I, I agree. I think I think vulnerability plays a big point. I think UFOs attract vulnerable people at times, the same way sort of evangelical Christianity or 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 any sort of um, other religious movement does. Right? It finds people who are hurt and and it provides them something um, to help them rebuild. And, and UFOs, I think, are just another sort of religious tool in the tool belt. Let's put it that way, spiritual tool, maybe. No, absolutely. So I mean, I, I would recommend your book, and it, it's one I'm going to get, get myself. So it's the UFO people, a curious culture. Can you give us a little bit of a state of the union? So given current events, recent events, the way this year's gone, we've had a couple of kind of crazy years in ufology where we've had the Nimitz cases come out, New York Times article, TTSA rise to prominence, had these videos, we're waiting on more, guys at Lou Elizondo and Chris Mellon. As, as a, a community, where do you see ufology right now? How broken is it? Or how together is it? I think ufology has always sort of been broken. I think that's why we love it so much, right? It's sort of been, it's always been this island of lost toys and broken toys, right? Um, I don't want to say that ufology is broken or, or together because I'm not sure if that's, that's sort of a, a good way to look at it. I think rather what we're going to see and what we're going to potentially experience is a reshaping in how people engage with the question of, of UFOs. I think what's going to happen is you're going to start to see more serious reporting on the subject. I think you're going to see the creation of, um, of, of legitimate reporting on the UFO phenomenon um, that deals more with um, the evidence and, and, and maybe the cultural aspects and the scientific aspects and less on the typical tabloid crap that that exists right now, um, so I think that's going to be one. Um, I think it's I think you're going to see more legitim legitimization of the topic, um, because I think it's becoming a lot harder to hide things. Um, secondly, I think I think what we're going to see is more information coming out in regards to what governments are currently doing in regards to to exploring or or, or engaging with uap um i'm not saying that it's going to be disclosure of of alien contact or anything i think that's nonsense i think rather what we're going to see is that governments are are fundamentally they've always been fundamentally interested but they're 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 still engaged um in ufos um and we're going to start seeing more of that information start to come out i think um 
the more political nature of, of ufology and, and UFO discourse or UAP discourse is going to is going to emerge um, over the next 365 days. Um, so I think for, for, for me, that's kind of all I can say at this point. I think we're just we're going to see a shift in the narrative and suddenly more people are going to start talking about the subject in, in, a, in a more authentic way, in a more legitimate way. Um, you know, there's always going to be the hucksters and the shysters and, and the guys who, who peddle alien mummies and, and all this stuff. That's always going to exist. Um, but I think what, what maybe what you'll see is here, here's a good way of putting it. Um, yeah. Okay. This is going to sound, um, crass and I apologize to anyone who this offends. Um, but I think what's going to happen is you're going to have a split in conversation. I think what's going to happen is you're going to have, um, a very real movement within, good ufo discourse uh that's going to kind of say um you know this is the table that we're talking at um and if somebody walks up and says here's my dead alien mummy we're gonna say listen the kids table's over there go sit somewhere else um you know get the hell out of the room right um like who let you in i think what you're going to see is, is you're going to see this 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 schism that's going to occur between the the more pop ufo tainment kind of stuff that's created and the more authentic exploration of what's actually going on in government, in politics, behind the scenes in regards to the UAP phenomenon. Um, so I think that's what's, what's going to happen. That, that, that rift is going to grow. I think it already exists, but it's going to grow significantly more. Um, and, and I think certain people are going to get cut out of conversations and they're not going to like it um, because they, they peddle nonsense. Um, and, and, Certain individuals who who are engaged in in researching this and looking at it and writing about it and 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 talking to people who are involved in in a more real sense are aware who peddles nonsense and who doesn't. Um, and what's going to happen is is a um, a fundamental shift in discourse. I think that's what we're going to see within the next year or two. Um, but I'm going to say a year. I'm going to predict State of the Union, Donald Trump, a Donald Trumpet. I'm going to build a wall and. That wall is going to divide the world. No, I'm just joking. Um, that I'm wall will keep out, keep out the aliens. Yeah. Keep out the, no, yeah. 365, 365 days. That's my, that's my claim. Anyway. Sure. So on the podcast, myself and you'll know um, Dan, who is the signal on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. We recorded uh, an episode just for fun uh, at the weekend where we watched Skinwalker Ranch episode one. So it's available. People have downloaded it. Feedback's been great. And it was just a kind of fun, us sharing our thoughts on the series, the show, our little problems with it, but what we liked. Um, sure. You visited Skinwalker Ranch in 2019. Uh, yeah. And I think you alluded to it before that you said ufology is taking you to riding in helicopters with uh, multimillionaires. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that was with Brandon Fugel. Yeah. Uh, so w- what was it like? Tell us a little bit about your your time in Skinwalker Ranch. Sure. Um, it was it was. OK, first of all, I, I, I always kind of preface that that Skinwalker Ranch is is it's it's beautiful. Um, it's it's. Uh, it's idyllic um, in a way. If you if you're into sort of midwestern scenery, um, it's a place that that I would love to go camping in. It's a place that I would love to just hang out in um, overnight, like you know, in the middle of the wilderness out there. Um, so so I'm gonna say that it's beautiful um, and and strange all at the same time. Um, I didn't have any personal experiences. Um, I know a lot of people have claimed to have experiences there. Um, there's a lot of stories and mythology, obviously. Um, I think what I found to be the most interesting is you have a team of individuals who, who are at Skinwalker Ranch and 
Um, they're purely interested in just finding out the truth, no matter what it is. Um, you know, the show, I, I've only seen a f- five episodes of it. I've not seen the last three or four, uh, episodes. Um, but you know, I, I, I don't want to speak to the show only because I, I'm not a big fan of, of, of sort of that style of content and that type of content. But, um, so, so I find problems with it, even if it's fine. I just like, the dramatic pauses it's like why why, this is not real life um so the people there uh, you know from uh from who i met and and the people i met are are very authentic like they 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 are willing to say listen we don't know what's going on it could be very prosaic and that's great if we prove it is um or it could not be prosaic and it would be great if we could prove that it's not um they're they're just observing at this point and i think that that's what we need to sort of understand about skinwalker ranch there's a lot of um conspiracy and there's a lot of they're doing it for the money or they're doing it for fame or they're doing it for um uh, they're doing it for for to, to sort of prove their own paranormal beliefs or whatever and I, I don't think that's true one there's no money in it really for for brandon fugel um literally any money this show makes for him he could like literally just do one minute worth of work and he would make that money um yeah. so so I, I don't think that's part of it i i don't think that for for him it's some personal quest i think he does have a bit of a uh, sort of Don Quixote kind of um, wanting to to find monsters maybe a little bit. Um, I think we all do. We all love a good mystery and 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 um, chasing monsters is is definitely a fun aspect of of life, especially if you can do that for a living. Um, so maybe that's part of it. But I think he's he's at heart someone who loves to to he loves science. He loves to understand what's going on in the world around him. Right. He wants answers to the natural. Uh, or maybe the supernatural world. So, you know, he's doing it for reasons that are his own. Um, but I think they're honest. And I think they're genuine. I, I don't think there's some some silly, um, you know, conspiracy around this. Skinwalker Ranches is, is that. It's a science lab. Let's put it that way. Um, it's really difficult to get universities to engage um, at a place like that. Um, you know, I know they've contacted several universities to come out and study the place. Um, and the universities simply decline simply because they don't want to be associated with Skinwalker Ranch and the mythology around it. Um, you know, the same way I think that it was the university of, uh, Colorado, right. Didn't want to be associated with blue book and the Condon report. So they basically went out swinging saying, we're just going to make this thing look dumb so that our university doesn't suffer. Um, and, and, you know, unfortunately a lot of authentic, methods or a lot of authentic steps have been taken to try and bring proper academic rigor and proper academic institutions to skinwalker ranch all expenses paid and they decline um because again association so so i i think it's an honest attempt to try and understand what's going on what unfortunately happens is is because those honest attempts are met with um you know we, we decline to to participate um we're sort of left to other devices like what what can we do now to try and get more public knowledge and awareness into this weird place that has these weird phenomena well i, I think you know brandon fugel took the road that sort of a lot of us would take they go to the media listen if, if academic institutions don't want to do this we'll do it another way um and and you know he's taken a lot of criticism right mick west has been one of his most ardent critics um about this and 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 you know i'm not sure if it's totally fair right um 
I, I think a lot of invitations have been made and, and if people don't want to do it, they don't want to do it. There's not much else you can do. Um, but he wants to know the truth. So he's going to figure it out the best way he can with the tools and, and resources he has available to him. Um, and, so and can I just ask, cause I, I had a question sent in, um, sure. uh, from a uh, foyer boy on Twitter. Um, what are your thoughts on the scientific efficacy of what's uh, been, of what's seen in the Curse of Skinwalker Ranch? Uh, so I had to check up efficacy as a word, which you'll probably know, and it's the ability to produce intended results for anyone who wasn't aware, because I wasn't. So from the setup you've seen, what are the chances that they're going to get the results? And whether that is proof of interdimensional beings or whether that's proof that it's prosaic, as you say, what kind sure. of chance do they have? Yeah. I think the current the current setup at the ranch, the current hardware and software at the ranch is not designed to test anything. So I think that's the first first thing we need to understand is is it's purely observational. Um, so they're not there to test hypotheses or hypotheses rather. They're there to simply observe what's going on and collect as much data as they can. Unfortunately, when it comes to TV, that's really boring. Um, sitting and watching stuff and collecting data via observation is not necessarily exciting. So. What I think the television show has done and what I think History Channel and Prometheus Entertainment um, has sort of created is this kind of false sense of what goes on there in, in the sense that you have um, – I can't remember the guy's name. Um, he's from Alabama. Um, um, he's Thomas the, Taylor. Thank you, Travis Taylor. Um, you have Dr. Travis Taylor there kind of doing these tests. Right. Um, and I think it makes for good television. This is sort of his bag. He's done it before in other TV shows. Um, so I think we need to just sort of be pragmatic here and understand that the TV show serves one purpose. Um, the actual monitoring on the ranch serves another. Um, so so I, 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 uh, I'm sure I'm going to make Brandon Fugel upset, but you know, by, by everything I've said so far. But I think it's just. You know, we need to be understanding that that media and television are are different than than sort of real life. Let's put it that way. Um, uh, yeah, that's just, I, I, that's all I can really say to answer that question because I don't really know the rest of it. I also haven't seen the show enough to make a, a sort of a more expert comment here um, because I've only seen a few episodes. Um, yeah, listen. The science being done, just to reiterate, is is purely observational at this point. Whatever the TV show is doing, um, that's what they're doing. And 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 obviously that's a question you have to ask to Brandon Fugel um, or Travis Taylor or the people at Prometheus. Like I, I really personally don't know. Um, so yeah, I guess that's the best way I can answer your question. Um, when I was there, no. it was purely an observational program and process. Um, what's happened since? Um, I don't know. No, that's totally fair. I'm speaking with Thomas Winterton, who is the ranch superintendent, this yep. Saturday um, about it. And again, uh, we kind of voiced our opinions on the watch along. And I, I love the idea of the show. I love the mythology around Skinwalker Ranch. I love the possibilities that are out there. The first series is very, as you say, observational sometimes a little bit forced what they may or may not see but i know thomas winterton from a conversation he's had with uh, one of the listeners has basically said the first series has very much been think of it as going to the doctor when you've got a bit of an issue and they'll do some initial testing to kind of see you know what might be the cause the second series is very much going into more detail and that's where they're really hoping to ramp things up which should be getting filmed just now so but as you quite rightly say they are still filming a tv show so if it was three months of nothing happening 
you have to make it look like something's happening and how they how much they push that is is where it can kind of lose a particular type of viewer on the show so yeah no that, that's totally fair um i had a question from the signal um again from dan so he was asking did you have any thoughts or did you notice the triangular map that they had on the wall and there were certain points that were correlated within it i can see you smiling yeah. so uh, and he just wanted to know what your thoughts were on that um what what are you uh do you know what the points are like was he able to figure out what those locations were on the map um, so there was one of two things. So Dan's uh, very artistic, as I found out recently, and he has created his own incredible three-dimensional map uh, of the ranch itself and points okay. where things have happened. I can't remember, though, if this was the map that had the points of the Bermuda Triangle, or I might be mixing up the, un- the unidentified that had a map on the wall with points sure. that were basically the un- unidentified. So you might know better than me. The map on the wall at Skinwalker Ranch is a world map, so it's not a map of the ranch with triangulation. It's it's a okay. it's a map of the, of the planet with three points. Um, no, um, so okay, the, uh, okay, because this is I have to figure out how if I'm going to violate anything when it came when it comes to an article that I've been researching now for the last year. Um, <laughs> um, listen, I I have to be really cautious, so I'm. Yeah, I've been doing sort of some some research into into some stuff that correlates to this. I just can't because, like I said, I don't want to throw myself under the bus. Oh, um, of course. Let, let's just say that there have been other. It has nothing to do with the paranormal. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of be super clear here. So the three locations, okay, well obviously one location is Skinwalker Ranch, but the other two locations, the incidents that occurred have nothing to do with the paranormal. Um, they're just incidents of interest that similar sort of things have occurred um that 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 people have experienced at skinwalker ranch so that's all i'm going to kind of say but i, I can't give away too much I, i'm sure there's some internet sleuths out there that have figured it out um so i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna pretend it's some magical mystical thing uh, or i'm some i've asked some secret knowledge because i don't um it literally just hits you in the face when you when it, like i literally looked at the map and was like oh interesting so i just kind of noted the locations did a google search i was like oh that makes sense. Um, so I, I kind of have gone down this road of, of research, but um, yeah, no, I'm, I can't talk about it. I want to, but I can't cause I'll throw myself under the bus. Okay. No, no, totally fine. Totally <laughs> Sorry. Fine. That, that answer it's not paranormal. Itself, I'll say that it's not paranormal. See, this is where you have become one of the UFO people that even giving an answer that tells yeah. us it's not paranormal and there's nothing interesting to see here is really interesting and intriguing. It makes you think, yeah, yeah, but he knows more than he's letting on. Not yeah. that you are saying that, but yeah. All right, listen, it, it's it's and and I'm I will admit to this. Um, the reason why I'm not talking about it is because I want to sell an article and make money from it. So it's purely financial at this point, right? Like I've been doing research that I've put time into something. It's been a work thing. Um, and I want to profit from the time I've put in. Right. So, um, I have to be really cautious because I could literally be just handing somebody money from my own wallet. Um, and that's not something I want to do in this case, but I will sort of say it is not, um, UFO related. Maybe that's kind of the best way to, to put it. It's not UFO or paranormal related. Um, it just so happens that Skinwalker is kind of, they have the map up, I guess, but it, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I got an awful. Okay, sorry. Okay. Do, do you want that answer left in the podcast? I don't mind taking it out if you want me to take it out. 
Um, what, that I'm like still a hack no, journalist and no, I want to make no, money? Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, like, just in general, that if, you, if you're saying you've, you've done a bit of research, you don't want anyone, I'm, I'm happy to take that out if you want the whole question and answer, if you would rather if, if it you was don't, out. If you don't take it out, you have to leave this part in. Yeah, so I, see, I, that's what I want to do, okay? I, I might only be six episodes in, seven episodes in, but I know what sounds good, so I would totally love to leave this in, but I'll leave it up to you. It'll totally make sound, you look better. No, this is an interesting, this is a good Brechtian conversation. You're literally asking a guest if, if you, you know, if, if you should take something out of your episode because it, listen, I'm doing it purely for financial reasons. I have no problem doing <laughs> I've been researching an article now for a long time and I want to get yeah. paid for it. Um, so, so no, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I'm still, you know, I'm still trying to put bread on my family's table. Um, but yeah, it, obviously they show it on the show. So it's interesting and compelling to people and people wonder what it is. And there's going to be obviously a lot of speculation, how it's connected and et cetera. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It'll make a good article. Um, but again, it's an article I want to get paid for. So you can choose to keep it in or not. I, I, it doesn't bother me any. Yeah, we'll keep it and we'll leave this whole conversation about keeping it or not in as well. So people can see what actually happens sometimes on these things. So see, I'm, I'm wet. The no, seedy underbelly of the podcast. I like it. Oh, it totally is. Um, this, this is why I do this for fun. If, I've said to all my guests, if no one listened, this last six weeks has been crazy enough for me just to speak to people like yourself and have these amazing conversations. So I absolutely love it. I want to ask you a quick um, question on Skinwalker Ranch, and then I'm wary of time, and I want to do the quick fire round with you as well, because I, sure. I think you've got maybe five, ten minutes left. So Brandon Fugel uh, said in your article that I suggest anyone goes and looks at, it was back in March of this year, that talked about uh, your visit, and there's a lot of great quotes in there, a lot of great questions. Um, perhaps it's an intelligence from another reality or dimension. Again, I'm going to ask you, MJ, what do you think is happening on Skinwalker Ranch, if anything? Oh man! Um, again, right? It, it's tough. I it, it falls down that sort of again speculative rabbit hole that that do we really want to fall down because we don't have enough information? Um, I, I am. I, I've admitted before that I'm much more willing to let's say use the words believe that. Um, the supernatural in some way is real. Um, I'm not saying, you know, ghosts and, and, and stuff like that, but I think people do encounter mysterious things. I, I think people do have bizarre experiences that fall outside of the realm of, you know, quote unquote normal. Um, and I'm not prepared currently to chalk it all up to delusion. Um, so, you know, everyone's heard the story of, of um, the widow who wakes up, not the widow that well she's still married well i guess not um, the widow who wakes up in the middle of the night um and has the premonition that her husband who was a, a bomber in the second world war got shot down over nazi germany and died and she just suddenly knew right um we all know the story of of um the the soldiers who just get gut feelings that something bad's going to happen and it does um we all know um oh, this is an interesting one we know that when snipers uh, in the army and in the military are trained um, to, to be snipers, um, they don't bead the target until they're ready to pull the trigger because oftentimes the target just feels something's up and they go to cover. Um, something weird is going on, right? There is, I think, something unknown happening in, in the world around us. Um, I, I don't think everything in the universe can be explained through science. Um, I think that there are mysteries and, and anomalies that exist. Um, 
that that make you know life on this planet interesting um you know like i said i i like i said previously you know i i'm i'm catholic so you know i have this fundamental belief that a dead jewish carpenter came back to life um you know so is it possible that something supernatural let's say or, or paranormal quote unquote paranormal is happening all the baggage that word has right something paranormal is happening on skinwalker ranch sure you know it's possible. I'm not prepared to say what it is because I don't know. Um, and, and I don't want to speculate because I think, you know, belief is the enemy. But I, I part of me wants to believe um, part of me because I'm probably also on my personal quest for vindication um, and my personal quest for God. Um, I think there is something interesting happening on Skinwalker Ranch. Do I think every single experience out there is paranormal? No, of course not, right? Even I was spooked at times out there when nothing happened, but I I knew it was just my brain picking up on the mythology that I had collected and researched for the last two years on the place, um, sort of manifesting itself, right? You know, I'd be walking through the old homestead and it was dark uh, and I was afraid something was going to jump out at me. Um, nothing did. And I knew it was all in my imagination. So, so there's going to be those moments as well, right? There's going to be periods where, where people have experiences on that ranch that aren't necessarily sort of quote unquote real. But on the flip side, there's a lot of, you know, stories from that ranch that, that clearly indicate something weird is going on. Um, so, so I'm going to sit there, I think in my current opinion and my current belief, Again, awful word, but my current belief is is something odd is happening at Skinwalker Ranch. Uh, something, let's say, anomalous. That's all I have at this point. Um, so, so that, that that's that's to answer your question. That's where I sit. Um, again, I could be proven wrong, and I'm fine with that. Um, I don't I don't hinge my self worth on my beliefs. So, um, I, I'm I'm happy to sit in supernatural is a maybe <laughs> let's sit there <laughs> i like it that that's the beauty of my position doing these podcasts that i can sit here and just ask the questions about things i want to know so i don't have to commit to an answer but yeah. no that that's perfect listen um before you finish up we'll move on to the quick fire so i've got a few names incidents topics you can say as little or as much as you want uh and, and that's the the kind of show finishing up okay so um you've been great to listen to mj as well so thank you very much i'm sure people are going to love it so the first one, uh, you also wrote an article on this, would be the recent Magi UFO incident in Brazil. Um, it was m- most likely just a prosaic series of drones and skydivers with pyrotechnics. Um, I'm going to go with nothing interesting happened. Fair enough. Linda Moulton Howe, again, someone you wrote about in one of your articles about selling the the piece of potential wedged UFO for $35,000 to TTSA. Mm-hmm. So Linda Moulton Howe. Um, Linda's a, a wonderful, kind person. Um, but um, I, I, I really struggle with some of the information she presents. Um, I think as a journalist, um, I think she, she, she gives credence maybe to ideas that aren't necessarily legitimate um, and I'm not sure why. So that's all I can say about that. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, Tom DeLong. Man. Um, interesting guy. I'd love to sit down and have a beer with him. Um, again, yeah, me too. not too sure where his head at is all the time. 
but um, I give him I give him all the props in the world for finding guys like Luis Elizondo and Chris Mellon and and assembling that. Um, so for all the people that that sort of hate on him, um, you know, I, I would sort of say they should be able to you know do better. Um, but uh, you know, again, I don't actually agree with everything he 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 says or believes in. Um, but that's okay. I don't have to agree with you. No, I it could be right. Them. It could it could be wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the next one is all the strange and the recent virtual expo. Oh, that was a, that was that was fun. I, I I will be totally honest. I watched Micah Hanks's and I watched mine, and then I had to be a dad, so I was um unable to kind of finish it. Um, I know Jason's slowly releasing them uh, online, so I'm going to kind of consume them all. Um, but I was only able to kind of be free for the morning, and then um, my two year old and my four year old were suddenly like crawling on me, so I had to go deal with them. Uh, so yeah, it it was a fun time. I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was a cool idea. It was, and I just wanted to get that in there because I had some issues logging in on the morning and then with it being UK time and whatnot, like yourself, I'm kind of going back and watching them as they come out. So yeah. uh, MJ's is awesome. Definitely recommend watching that and then make sure you go in and maybe that's the future of Expos. It'd be great to get together again one day, but well, we can't do that kind of thing, this was definitely something new and it, it was a good, I, I like that someone's tried a new type of medium for an Expo and I think it was a really good, cool idea. Three more things, MJ. Uh, Tic Tac or UFO UAP. So the Tic Tac UFO UAP. Um. Well, I mean, I, I feel the the Nimitz cases is really compelling for a UFO case. Um. I think that here, like everything ufological, right? The Tic Tac has kind of taken on its own mythology. Um. So it, it's like Roswell, right? Um. You know, something happened at Roswell. Unfortunately, everything we have information on in regards to Roswell's is like mythological now, and we just can't figure out what it actually was, um, which is why I don't study Roswell. Um, but I think the, the Tic Tac is, is kind of that. It's this it's this curious – we're watching mythology occur in real time here. We're watching this kind of lore and legend build around this 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 curious little incident. Um, so, so I think the Tic Tac UFO – concept i think it's compelling um i think the incidents uh, around it are compelling um i think that we're also going to see though um this mythological framework built around it to include a whole host of weird explanations um that that will sometimes make sense and often not make sense so yeah mythology and reality merging um right now as we speak I like that. And the last one, and this is very much what this means to you. I like to ask all the guests this to finish off. Disclosure. God. Um, yeah, just my favorite word in the UFO lexicon. Um, yeah. What, what are we disclosing? Can I can I caveat the question with what exactly is being disclosed? Or is it just no, I'd have to just answer. OK. Um, disclosure that. As I said before, disclosure that strange things make incursions into American airspace and 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 land or sea area. Like like I'll restate. It's we're finally having um, more, let's say, transparency that objects make incursions um, 
into territory that is the United States of America and potentially other countries as well. What we don't have, and I don't think what we are going to have, is disclosure that you know the United States government has been colluding with aliens uh, or or interdimensional beings or time traveling humans. I don't think we're going to get that uh, any time ever. Um, so so when we talk about the disclosure movement or the disclosure community or whatever, um, I want to burst the bubble of people that think that. You know, yep, the United States has a handshake arrangement with the aliens and they're visiting us and they're walking among us and they're they're abducting us in exchange for for technology and and, and reverse engineered ships and, and all that stuff. Um, or that there's flying saucers in a bunker somewhere that, that are weren't made here. I'm going to say that is not true. And, and that's just part of the UFO mythos. Um, but disclosure that the United States has an active research program into unidentified aerial phenomena uh, disclosure that you know they don't know what's going on in the skies all the time definitely the case awesome um but mj it's been great talking to you you can follow mj on twitter at mj benias please go back and read his articles there's some great ones on vice as well um give those a click especially when the ones come out that are going to make him some more cash make sure you go and read those uh his book the ufo people a curious culture is available on amazon again go out and buy that this weekend it's a great read and um, when we're all locked down furloughed and very much stuck indoors due to whatever's going on outside your own homes why not pick that up and give it a read and um, it's been great chatting to you mj anything you want to kind of say to the listeners before you head off um no i just want to say thanks very much for for having me on um i, I really appreciate your time and um this has been a lot of fun so thank you very much That was all we had time for. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation with MJ Benias as much as I did. I could have talked even longer. MJ it was really, really good with his time, folks, and that's someone who we will definitely have back in the future, particularly when we find out what that special article is that MJ is releasing soon. Remember to like, review, and subscribe. I know time is precious right now for everyone. If you do have a minute to log on to iTunes, Podcast Addict, or whichever platform you subscribe, please, please, please consider leaving a review of the show. It's always appreciated and really helps with the algorithms to get the show bumped up in those rankings so more and more people can hear. And remember, you can follow the show on Facebook at That UFO Podcast. Follow on Twitter, which is the main platform I use, at UFO, U-A-P-A-M. And it's great conversing with everyone on there. Had some great conversations. It's been lovely speaking with everyone. And again, as I say, support the show via patreon.com. Just search for That UFO Podcast. There'll be a lot more exclusives and bonus content on there as well. But folks, as always, your listens are the most appreciated thing. The show is going from strength to strength. It's something I love doing. And as long as people are listening, I'll keep creating content. Again, thank you so much, folks. As always, keep looking up. You never know what you might see.